Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal, and I have with me today a very special guest, Mallory Kuhn. Mallory, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for coming back so we can finish off the questions. Uh, if you guys haven't yet checked out, make sure you check out our first episode with Mallory. It was a Sunday a couple weeks ago, and we were just clicking and, and vibing, and a lot of cool things came out, and I don't like to stop people and go back to my questions if that happens, and uh, figured we'd come back and try again and strike lightning twice in the same spot. So <laughs> love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go ahead and, uh, like I said, we're part two right here for, um, Mallory's interview. So we're going to start off with question four. So once again, um, you can find this episode on YouTube, Spotify, as well as, um, Mallory's first episode with us. Uh, so Mallory, how did you do your research and set up this heist novel? I'm really interested in this one because, like I said, I'm doing a heist as well. And I'm just curious how you research and set your novel up. Yeah, so this one was the most research that I've done for any of my books so far, uh, for sure. <laughs> and the most outlining and re-outlining and re-re-outlining. Uh, so for research of what I did... Um, I am a pretty law abiding person <laughs> in general, <laughs> right? You know, it, ultimately a good thing in general, yeah. but uh, in order to get into the brains of my very not law abiding citizen characters, <laughs> I needed to like, you know, learn some stuff. Um, so I read a lot of like um, historical books about like outlaws and highwaymen and stuff like that. I read a few books on things like um, actual historical con men and then like uh, some a book on art heists, which was kind of oh, interesting. Cool. Uh, and then I read a book called How to Cheat at Everything, uh, which was uh, anyone who who's read Among Thieves, basically any of the like smaller scams that you'll see Tristan running in the book. I learned all of that <laughs> from this book, How to Cheat at Everything, because uh, I don't know how to run small table schemes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess now I do. Uh, so, you know, watch out. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't play cards with me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was how I kind of learned uh, about, I guess, the different ways that the characters would operate. Um, and then once I kind of had the characters and like that type of that, like side of their personality figured out, um, I built my world out. And then that gave me another set of rules. Uh, and then the magic system gave me another set of rules. And once all those pieces were on the table, it was actually, I won't say it was easy to build the heist because it wasn't. Um, and I did have to rebuild it like three times because you know something just didn't quite shake out when I was writing it. Um, but I will say having all those players on the board uh, made it so that there weren't a thousand different paths that could be, you know what I mean? It kind yeah. of really forced me to think if I was actually, if this was real, <laughs> if I was actually doing this heist, like there's not that many options for ways that this could shake out in a positive way for, for our little heist crew. Um, so yeah, I did do a bunch of different iterations of it though. There was a lot of editing, but hopefully, hopefully readers are satisfied with the end product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was, that's why I was curious, um, you know, really what you did to set it up because, you know, like I said before, I've had quite a few friends, you know, who have uh, read the book and you know have really enjoyed it um, I'm trying to wait <laughs> a little bit here um, like I said I'm trying not to get myself in trouble by too many books at once um, <laughs> but yeah I'm really excited because I have yours on the docket um, I have a couple other people who are really you know kind of in the same realm I'm right now I'm reading um, Clayton Snyder's River of Thieves uh, and then I'll be 
kind of keep going there um, for the the theme genre and kind Love of the assassin ones too, you know, just just because. Yeah, just keep it all morally gray. Exactly. Like base. Yeah. <laughs> My friend, he goes, what are you trying to do? And I was like, I think he forgot I was writing a heist novel. And I was like, I'm writing a heist novel. So yeah. Right. Just sure. That's your excuse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, that's a really good point though. I had not considered, I was thinking like, you know, like watching the score this week, um, some oceans movies, but I don't really learn that way. So I'm glad that you said, you know, that you did some research, you know, for actual heists and con men and, you know, thieves and the morally gray area people, because I think that is a terrific idea. And I'm going to try that out because I think I learned better that way. So yeah, well, and like, I feel like for me, at least it's easier to not accidentally fall into like a pattern of like copying, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. An existing media, if it's, uh, cause I wasn't really basing the heist off of any real heist. I just was kind of learning who my characters were, what, how morally gray they are, what kinds of things they would do, how daring are they, what are their skill sets. Uh, and then once I had those pieces on the board and I had my setting on the board, um, it was just kind of like <laughs> like that meme of Charlie Day with the strings. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? <laughs> it's I just totally like, know that. <laughs> yeah, it's connecting the dots and yeah, seeing, yeah. you know, okay, so we need, you know, this, they need to get to this location, right? Which of my characters is going to be best equipped you know with the skill set and the personality to get them there like what are we gonna have to do um so I don't know it was it was fun it was difficult but I think that yeah if, if they're researching you know kind of historical stuff and looking into the cons because they're you know obviously there's real life con con men and con artists um maybe that'll be helpful <laughs> no yeah yeah I like how you said that too skill set I was just talking to a buddy of mine um about that and we were you know, because I realized I, I wanted mine to be more about these two thieves and then like the main villain. Um, but then it, I just realized the other day, like, it really doesn't make any sense because two people couldn't pull off this hard of a job. So I was like, oh, I'm going to change one person, add a couple more things like that. So, but I like how you said that skill set, because that's definitely what I'm working on this week is their skill set. So I think that's great advice. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Once you have those pieces, I feel like, I feel like you'll be pleased with how much of the puzzle starts to come together after those yeah, pieces yeah. are on the board. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of those question marks will be solved by adding a few more players and then, yeah, and figuring out, you know, like my friend, we were liking it to chess, you know, like, you know, you have a bishop and they have these skills, you know, and you really have to figure out, that's, I guess what's, you know, I, what I like about the heist so much. Like, I was thinking like either the original Italian job or the remake when Mark Wahlberg and, um, you know, Charlie Starin, um, I really like how everybody's got their skill sets and then they have to figure out how to use them in different ways. I feel like that's like Brandon Sanderson talks about that. Uh, one of his lectures, like, um, you know, cause that's what you do with Miss Bourne. It's just, it just makes it really yeah. fun. But yeah, I think you have a good point there with trying to figure out their skill sets. So uh, number five here, what point of view did you write uh, Among Thieves in? So Among Thieves, it, it is third person limited. Um, so, but it, it is multiple POV as well. So we have five main points of view, um, which I know is kind of a lot. Um, and, you know, some, some readers aren't a fan of that many POVs. I am. I love as many POVs. If I can get inside of a character's head when I'm reading or writing, um, I'm into it. <laughs> it's my jam. 
Um, and I think that for among thieves in particular, so, uh, you know, as a refresher for, for anyone that maybe missed part one or has, you know, I don't know, forgotten or whatever, um, the, the premise of among thieves is that we do have five thieves, six thieves working together on a heist, but, um, they're all actually plotting their own betrayal as well. So I felt like that would be, it was more fun for me as the writer. And I hope it's more fun for the readers to kind of see those planned betrayals come to fruition or not come to fruition inside each character's head. So you see, you know, what they're plotting. And there are a few chapters where we'll see the same scene twice, but from different perspectives. Oh, and, um, you know, it, it, you get a different flavor on it because now you're seeing this character knowing that this other character has set up these, you know, different dominoes. Um, so I just felt like that was the best way to tackle this particular story for in my opinion at least and hey I wrote it so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I mean it, it's clearly working because like I said you know I've seen a lot of my friends you know who have re, you know read it and suggested it um yeah I, I I don't know I really I've been debating doing that myself because it just seems like it's really difficult to just use you know consistently use that you know third person narrative and it's just like oh I just feel like it gets boring after a long time because it's just like you're just telling rather than showing, I guess. And well, and it's, I mean, I, I have written some projects that are in just like straight, you know, third person omniscient and stuff too. Um, and that can be, you know, obviously it works for, it just depends on the project, but I, I find third person limited so fun because I get to, uh, utilize the, the voice of the character in their chapters. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, yeah, even totally. the parts when they're not obviously talking, when we hear yeah. their internal monologue, um, I can still, you know, use all their snark or their, you know, whatever their experiences are. Um, I will say there are six thieves on my heist team and I only have five main POVs. Um, so it was a choice for me to leave one of the six out um, because I didn't want the reader to know everything. Mm before everything you know what I'm saying so I, I wanted to keep some of the mystery so I don't know if that helps for for what you're planning at all um if you're kind of tossing back and forth between you know you want to have people see the glimpse but you don't want to give away the whole game yeah, yeah. um you know I feel like maybe maybe there's like a little balance you could strike and you know, give oh, us yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. heads but not all the heads no that, yeah, that's actually a really good idea I haven't heard of anybody um do that and that's actually yeah, that opens up a lot of different doors, I feel like, um, which is a good thing. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody suggest that. So yeah, that's that's a great suggestion. I like just the fact that you, again, you're talking about, you know, really using, you know, those point of views for those characters and really making them their own. And I think that's, you know, where a lot of, like I've seen a lot of your reviews and things like that from different people on Twitter. Um, you know, I think that's where, for me, with even just seeing, you know, not even seeing people talk about that, I just assume when they're talking about the characters that that's something that they're naturally picking up and enjoying clearly um maybe they don't even realize that um but yeah because i've seen different points of view like that before and that's where mark tim and i were talking i'm like oh i'm like and i did a thing the other day i guess a couple of weeks ago now and it was like first person i was just like god this is so much better <laughs> you know and i i don't know he's like please don't do first person he goes but i'll read it either way but i'm like i don't know i'm thinking <laughs> I've never done, you know, like first person, but I do like the Jim Butcher books, but I do like, you know, 
how you're, you know, how you're using it. So yeah, definitely, definitely have to check yeah. it. I feel like you should play with it. Cause honestly, I don't know. I know there's some readers that hate first person, especially like first person present. I know there's, there are readers out there that are like, Oh, I won't read it, which I mean, like I got, you're allowed to read whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like my opinion on it is the book's going to tell you what point of view it's supposed to be in. Yeah. Like I have had times, like my very first book that it didn't end up selling, um, but it was first person. I think it was first person present. Um, and you know, there's a certain immediacy to that, that I felt like really worked for that book. But then I was working on a, a different book that I am still working on right now. Um, and I tried to do first person present for it because I felt like that was going to work. And I got maybe like 20,000 words in and I was like, it's just not speaking to this particular story. And if there's a way to tell before you start drafting, if someone could tell me, that'd be great because <laughs> I had to go back and edit 30,000 words or 20, however many it was yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to put it all in, in the third person limited, which is where I ended up going with it. But I feel like the book's going to tell you once you start drafting it, how it needs to be written. I don't know. That sounds kind of like crunchy granola I know but <laughs> no no, it, no it, I think it's great advice and third person limited I, I guess I hadn't really considered that so maybe that's because I I'm like done with draft one and I'm like about to be done with my edits I'm just like I was talking to Mark about this I was like something's missing I was like even if I don't want to do you know first person uh for POV I'm like but, but maybe that's I'm gonna check that out because I think it maybe that is a way to go um yeah it seems doesn't quite see, you know you're you know I mean you're trying to fit that you know, circle into a square. It just doesn't. Yeah. Work, you know. Maybe like try rewriting, like just the first scene. Yeah. That's in what I was first person present. And then in third person limited and like, you'll feel it. I like, I know you'll feel it. You know, you'll, yeah. you know what I mean? And you'll just know. That's great advice. <laughs> Which great way advice. you go with it. <laughs> yeah. There's a quote you on that. Cause that's real. That's really good advice. I had not considered doing that for like the first chapter, like trying one and trying the other. Cause I think, I think right there, you just, you know, came up with a really good solution, you know, as you know, like to try and feel out that book. Cause you'll, you'll know right away. Right. If you know, whichever one, you know, you're feeling rather than doing what I did, don't do it. Anybody write the entire book and be like, cause I was just like, I just want to get it done. But then I'm like, yeah. I'm like oh, that was so stupid. <laughs> I feel that though. Cause sometimes I hate first drafts. I feel like we talked about that in the yeah, last, yep, uh, yep. The, the last yep. episode. I hate first drafts so much. And sometimes it is just about just barf the words out, get the story yeah. onto the paper, and then I will fix it later. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I was talking to Fletcher and Ashton, Dirk Ashton about that, where I was just listening back on something that Dirk had said to me, um, and, you know, in terms of writing different drafts. And um, I was going, because I feel like I inadvertently did what he does with first drafts. And he literally just like, I know he writes more dialogue than I did, um, but, you know, he'll just go through and almost write almost like a screenplay. Um, okay. And then, you know, just to get it down, just to get the, you know, the points of view and things. And then he really will dissect it later. Um, and I think I inadvertently did that, but yeah, him, he mentioned it and I was like, oh, I was like, but I, you know, was talking to um, a couple people about it uh, online the other day. And um, I was like, I really want to structure, you know, in the future, like really structure better. A couple of people asked me like, oh, you're editing draft one. I'm like, yeah, because it really needed it. And the outline was horrible. And I realized like the characters didn't like it. So I'm trying to figure it out. But like Scott Odin said, he does like a 50 page like outline where he like really, you know, really does it. So I think I might try that actually. And then yeah, I feel like too. Uh, and I've heard, I think it might be Sanderson that said this, uh, that like, 
every book might have a different process. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it was Sanders and some, someone. No, I think you're right. Yeah. I think it was online <laughs> lectures or yeah. One of those interviews. Yeah. Like I've heard someone very famous in the industry say that, but it's so true. Cause I've always said, you know, I'm a big time plotter, big time plotter. I will do all my world building. I do my outlining in Excel. Like it's crazy. And that has worked for a lot of projects, but right now the book, we were talking about it uh, before we started recording a little bit. I'm, I'm doing NaNoWriMo for, for November and um Right. And it's the first time I've ever done nano and I'm pantsing this novel. Like I came in, no outline, no plan. I had three characters and a world and I just set them free. And um, I mean, it's, let's be clear. It's a train wreck. This thing is going to be a a bear to edit, but it's like, it's flowing. It's going really well. And I've tried pantsing before and it didn't work. Mm. So it's, I don't know. I'll never learn how to write a book. It's different. I'll never know. He said that in their newest Wizards Warriors and Words. He's like, I, every time I go to write a book, he goes, I can't, you know, effing figure it out. And he goes like. No, yeah. <laughs> like, and that's, I'm always like, did I forget how to write a book? And I feel like maybe I did, but also maybe it's just like, literally every book is just like its own beast. Yeah. I forget who said it. This is, I need to like start writing these quotes down so I can like quote people properly. But someone said that uh, the book you're writing right now doesn't know about the other books you've written. Yeah. Uh, which is like an artsy way to say it, but like, it's so true. Like this one. It really care. is though. That I've written all these other ones. It doesn't know. Oh, yeah. We think of like book one, you know, and I was just looking at a couple of people's TikToks and, you know, they say like book one and then, you know, some people are now on book two that I know and they're just like, oh my God, they're like, I, it's totally different. And I'm like, but it is. And then, you know, I think, um, you know, quite a few people have mentioned that over the last couple of years, you know, then book three is different than book two. And even if it's not in the same series, you know, and like you're constantly, I think you, you have a good, really good point there. Like, you know, and I think some people really try to slug through it the same way that they did other books. And I, I think that's a really good suggestion. Like maybe that's not what you, we should be doing. Maybe we should just be trying something new trying and something different, different, even though it's scary. Cause it's yeah. like, well, what if this doesn't work? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But I mean, if it doesn't work, then so what? Just edit it. You can fix it. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's, that's really, really good advice. Yeah. I like that. I meant to think about that more in the future. You guys hear, heard it here first from Valerie Coon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I inadvertently stole from other authors that talked about it that I can't remember who they said it so I can't quote them <laughs> I know that feeling like Jed Hearn constantly takes these really good notes I feel like I'm I feel like I listen to different people like you know just all sorts of people and it's like and then I'm reading different people you know I'm you know listening to their, their book talks or you know they're looking at Twitter and I just feel like you know I do it so much throughout my day that it's just a natural thing now where you know I don't really I'm not like you know, Jed, where I stop and take my notes, I'm just like, oh, that's right. Cool. You're just like absorbing. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, absorbing. That's a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm with okay. you. <laughs> Fellow absorber of knowledge yeah, yeah, yeah. without actually <laughs> writing anything down. Yeah. yeah. Well, we kind of talked about this uh, in our last uh, podcast, um, but I'm curious, what advice would you give others trying to write around their day job? Yes. So uh, as people who have like followed me on Twitter and stuff know, I, I do have a, a full-time job too outside of writing. Uh, so this is very much my jam as a question because it's hard. Like it's hard. You know, you're doing it too. A lot of people are doing it. Obviously, like I know it's not, we're not the only two people in the world, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like it's difficult. And I feel like I have a couple pieces of advice. So like number one is one that's like difficult because you might not actually have direct immediate control over this. 
but I feel like if you can like move this way over time, <laughs> if you surround yourself with people who respect your writing, um, as an endeavor, not like just a hobby that you're doing for fun on the weekends, right? Like it's an endeavor. It's a project, even if you're not calling it like a career or a job, uh, if you find people and surround yourself with people, friends, uh, spouses, housemates, whoever that actually respects that and will like respect the boundary. If you set it, if they say, Oh, can you come to this thing? And you say, no, I have to write. Um, that makes a huge difference. Um, also I'm bad at this one. Uh, <laughs> I'm really bad at this one. Um, like don't compare yourself to other writers. Uh, like your word count for the day or like how many books, you know, some, if so-and-so is putting out three books a year or whatever, like, especially I know in the, um, like in the indie and self-pub community, like that's, that's a total thing is to just bam, 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 you know, releasing five books in a year or whatever. And if you're not able to do that, like, that's okay. Like relax. It's okay. Um, you know, I, I'm giving this advice. I don't listen to it, but, uh, maybe someday (laughs) I'll listen to it too. I don't think like we can't all be Lindsay Baroker and yeah, do like like five books a year. Yeah, like it's just, you know what? Some people just, A, some people just write faster. Uh, That's just like a thing. Uh, And then also like maybe they don't have a a full-time job. Maybe they're writing full-time and maybe, you know, someday that will be you, but it's not right now. So like, don't bother comparing yourself to it right now. Um, You know, like it's tough though because I I totally compare myself to other writers like on the daily. So um, don't feel like I'm dropping this edict down from on high. (laughs) I'm, I am definitely struggling with this daily, (laughs) but it's like, I feel like I would be happier if I didn't do that. Um, but the last piece of advice I have here is actually like a brand new thing that I'm trying that we talked again, like a little before we started recording writing sprints, dude, writing sprints. People have been talking to me about writing sprints. I've been seeing like, Oh, meet me for a writing sprint on Twitter. Like, does anyone want to sprint with me on Twitter for, you know, whatever the next hour. And I've always been like, Oh, weird. Okay. I'm not going to do that. Cause I don't know what that is. And I, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like I have a process, oh, yeah. working, whatever no, totally. I looked into it. Cause I'm very busy right now. I actually just started a new full-time job a couple months ago. You know what I mean? So it's like, everything is like very in flux right now. And I'm trying to do nano. So I was like, okay, let me try this writing sprint thing. I've been doing like three or four 15 minute sprints a day. Like I'll do one maybe in the morning before work and then like one or two on my lunch break. And then maybe one or two after work, you know, some collection of all of those, depending on when I have time. And then you have an hour. Yeah. And it's like an hour total, but it's spread throughout the day. Uh, in like little pockets of time. And I've been knocking out like 2000 words a day. That's a great, that's insane. Like that's an insane amount of productivity and like really little pockets of time. So if you're like stupid busy and don't have time, like do two sprints a day, do like one in the morning and one in the evening, uh, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. And then like, maybe you wrote a thousand words, like amazing. Um, so yeah, that's my other advice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I think that's terrific advice and that, that's what I was doing um, you know in the summer and stuff I you know I come I would actually go to work for summer school I'd get there 15 minutes early usually half hour I would get what I had to get done and I'd have at least 20 minutes before the kids would get there so I'd bust out 15 minutes and then I'd set it I wouldn't even count it I would set it aside um, yeah. and then when I got home I would do the next like 15 I'd 
take a nap, go somewhere with my wife, you know, go to the gym, go to karate, come back. And I would do two more and then just, you know, before dinner, after dinner. And then it was like, I was at like 2,500 words, 2,700 words. Yeah. You know, that's like a, a pretty nice size chapter. You know, some people do that in a day, you know, um, right. writers. And I'm like, man, like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's, I think if you, it's like a workout, you know, like a workout buddy, you know, I think if you, you know, you do it with somebody, like I had, um, I think we talked about this before. I had some friends on discord and there were two of them in particular that we had the same schedule. So be like, Hey, who wants to sprint? So I'd go in there and then me and one of the guys were really competitive. Like we wanted to beat each other. Um, so then if we didn't, we would go again. So it's like, we were constantly doing like half an hour, 45 minutes or an hour yeah. before the end of the evening. It was really fun. It's just sprints. Well, and that's like, so I, I don't have people that I sprint with. Cause like, you know, maybe, yeah, hopefully I will eventually, but like my schedule is so weird right now, yeah, yeah. but I have this app. So if anyone out there wants to sprint and needs like accountability, but doesn't have a friend to, oh, it doesn't have a friend. That sounded really sad. <laughs> I don't have any friends. It uh, doesn't have like a friend on the same schedule. To sprint Valerie wants writing friends, guys. Let's do this. Right? Please, I'm desperate. No, uh, <laughs> it's an app. It's called Planty. <laughs> okay. But like literally what it is, is it's a timer and it's an accountability tracker. Oh. So if you, once you start the timer, if you do anything else on your phone during that timer, nope, X doesn't count. And it's like a gamified little thing. So it's kind of dumb. Like you grow plants, you know what I mean? So like, if you make it through your sprint, like your tree grows or whatever, like it's, it's dumb, but it's like, if you go on Twitter in the middle of your writing sprint, you don't get your tree. That tree doesn't yeah, grow. Yeah. It's upsetting. So, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like accountability and yeah. a, in a really silly way but it's a free app so like that's why i don't yeah. it but well it's kind of like yeah. um facebook i used to love this and it's so it's so stupid to me now but like i used to love it there was this um so when 3.5 came out and then fourth edition for D came out they did like this facebook game and if you logged into facebook like so many times it went into the game like it was like it's kind of like pokemon go like you would get different things and it was really cool like and i would so i would constantly go into facebook and be checking to see if I got a magic item or whatever. And my friend was like, we spent so much time on this. He's like, it's, there's nothing there. Like you don't even get anything. <laughs> He's like, it's just, you know, kind there's of, just something. It's yeah, just it like that really little fun. shot of dopamine. <laughs> yeah. We were like, oh, I got this thing or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, and I, I think that's why Pokemon Go is so success, you know, successful because it took this, you know, walking, like, you know, which, you know, yeah. you know, some people are like, oh, I hate walking, but you know, they will walk just to get that, you know, their egg to hatch or something like that. Right. Which is like, again, you don't actually get anything in the real yeah. world for it, but like, who cares? You know what I mean? If they're having fun with it and it's producing something great. Yeah. Wow. yeah. It's, we, what we should do is we should come up with a writing app for fantasy authors and sci-fi authors where instead of like a tree, it's like, you know, like you get different quest items or you like you're building, you get like armor or weapons or something, you know, and like, then you like we should just gamify it more <laughs> no but, but like, like literally you have no idea how well that would work for me <laughs> I feel like, like right now I'm literally like saving up sprint points to buy a cherry tree so I can grow oh, a pink cool. tree instead of a green one and like I don't really care about cherry yeah, yeah. trees but like if you're gonna tell me that I can like you know get I don't know, Enduro, you know what I mean? Like oh, if I've done this many sprints. Like, like a different scan or something, you get like, you're like Aragorn or like Eowyn or like just whatever, you know? Like, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it would be, yeah, it'd be really that would cool. be effective. <laughs> well, like I did a coding game with the kids and years ago, probably like three or four years ago, I was teaching technology and um, we were doing, it was called cold, code combat. It was so much fun. You like code and then you get your person with the code to like slash a goblin, go over here, jump over this, slash another goblin. And then when you're done, you like get different items. And like, it was so much fun because, you know, you got coding in a game format and yeah. it was like really addicting, you know, and I got stuck on one thing for like a week. I was like, oh my gosh, this is ticking me off. And like, I figured it out just so I could get to like the next item. So, so you want to get to the next level? Let's like, yeah. I'm going to really date myself here. I think you're a fellow old and I say that with love. <laughs> Did you ever play Math Blasters? Oh my God. That was such a great game. <laughs> Yeah, that, that yeah. was like was epic. <laughs> that was that was my jam, and I hate math. I still oh hate God. math. I, I never liked math, but like I liked math blasters. Yeah, that was yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh man, I just uh-huh. realized like my life would be so much simpler at school if we like brought that like redid that game and brought it back. But it's right. the same concept, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally is because you had to. I forget exactly what it was, but you were like a little a little spaceman, and you had yep. to like. You had a little laser gun, I think, and you had yeah, to like shoot asteroids? the what's division it? sign if it's yeah, a dividing yeah, yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Shoot yeah. The number that's yeah, the yeah, a couple of them, couple of them growing up, and I remember like every single one was so much fun. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you're playing a game, and then your parents will let you play it for like hours because yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. math. Yeah, yeah. It's like so a win-win. <laughs> we need to do that in a, in a writing format. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Can can someone out there that knows? you know, computer coding and, and game design yeah, yeah. just gamify my entire life. Thank you. We're writing books. We're too busy for that, but <laughs> I don't know the technology. I can't. Yeah. yeah. Well, I always like talk about um, one of my gaming ideas and I'm like, I just want somebody to help me do it just so I could sell it to like wizards of the coast because it would be so good. And everybody would want to play it. <laughs> You're like, I want to play it. So we need yeah, to make yeah, this yeah. happen. Yeah, my friends are like, God, that'd be so cool. They're like, it'd even be like a good drinking game too. And I was like, I didn't think about that, but I was like, because there was a few that they came up with recently here in like Rochester, New York um, at this one brewery. And then they've actually sold their app um, and their, uh, they have like a couple of like a card game. And they also have like another game too, which was like, it's almost like cups. And it, it, I, don't know, I just thought that was a really interesting idea that they're like, you know, just came up with like a silly game and all of a sudden it's like, you know, worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And I'm like, man. Like, uh, it's like Ben Wyatt and Parks and Rec, if you ever watched oh, that. Totally. Yes. <laughs> totally. Cones yeah. of Dunshire. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, if you do a Cones of Dunshire, like, you know, and then it becomes like a cult classic or even like on Reddit or something for Reddit fans. Right. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Well, we're going to be working on that guys for uh, the third interview. So. Right. <laughs> um okay so I love this one so because I, I love the cover art for your novel so who did the cover art for your novel and how did you decide on that cover because it's it has the vibe like totally it's like it's perfect it's flawless I can say all of this because it's not bragging because I had nothing to do with the cover uh so Chris McGrath did the cover oh. art uh he's a genius and like when my him. publisher told me that they were you know that Chris McGrath yeah, yeah. was gonna be doing the cover I like freaked out because I have books on my bookshelf that, yeah. well not the bookshelf but in the bookshelf in the other room but like the halo book you know what I mean like yeah, I have yeah. 
books that he's done the cover art for before. So I was like, oh my God. But yeah, no, literally, uh, whatever the process is, um, he's a wizard and a magician. And yeah. I don't know how, I mean, I assume he probably either got a synopsis or, or read it before he made the, the artwork, but they sent me like the original proof, which like wasn't is completely like, it wasn't exactly the same as this, but it was like the yeah. gist of it. And I like literally opened the picture on my phone and I like started weeping, like, <laughs> cause it's so perfect. And you know, I could never have, if someone had asked me what I wanted from the cover, I don't, I don't know what I would have said, honestly, but I don't know that I would have been able to articulate what it was that, that Chris produced. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in love with it. And it's, it's fun because like, it's my favorite compliment to receive on the book because like, I just get to accept the compliment because I didn't do anything with it. I was like, yeah, isn't it great? It's the best. <laughs> I mean, it really, it really like pops, um, you know, just with like the color scheme. And I just, I love, love, like I sometimes like when I'm having a bad day, I just go on his art station yes. and I just look at some of those covers uh, because, you know, like I, I can't just bring five different huge books with me like to work so I just look right. at covers and it just it really makes me feel better because it's like you know it reminds me that like like no offense to anybody it reminds me of my day job is my day job and I get to come home and you know do other things in this world and yeah he, he'd be my my dream uh either him or Felix Ortiz would be like my dream artist like the two of them are my two favorites and I actually did not know that I want to look it up so bad and somebody almost told me the other day and I said no do not. I said, I came up with this question for Mallory. I said, and I, I feel so much better not knowing because it just, it's funny because Felix was talking about how like one of Giovanni's covers, you know, like he can, you know, recognize it instantly. And it's funny to me that I was drawn to this cover because, you know, I'm a huge Chris McGrath fan. So yeah. That- well, I was just going to say, you could feel it. Well, yeah. it was like a little different I feel like maybe not super different for him, but a lot of times he does like, uh, like full, like faces on, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. on the covers of yep. his books and and this one is uh, like just a back silhouette um, which I really like because it's um you know Raya is a very mysterious character and I kind yeah, of yeah. feel like it lends to that mystery that we don't get oh, to see sure. her face on the cover um but yeah so maybe that's why you didn't recognize it like immediately you know what yeah, I mean because yeah. it's like a slightly different no, uh, from his yeah. like core stuff that he does a lot of the time I don't know but yeah so he's the wizard that did my cover art and I love it and would Love for him to do all of my covers for the rest of my life. If you're ever listening to this, Chris, let's, just give me a call. Let me know. Yeah, yeah. You, so I, I had a, I have a couple of artists coming um, in the winter, um, and somebody had mentioned they're like, "Oh, you should ask Chris." I was like, "I so want to ask Chris." <laughs> right? You're like, but what if I'm starstruck? Yeah, like, oh my god, yeah. Like, I would fangirl so hard. Like it's, yeah, it wouldn't be funny. So yeah, I have a few people like that for artists because I was originally going to go like be an illustrator. Um, I don't think I was like that good, but like I was working really hard at it and I, I loved it, but like I ended up like, you know, teaching instead and stuff, but I just, I love, love art. And Chris is like, just like, to me, like one of the, like him and Giovanni and Felix are like pinnacles and like, yeah 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 well and cover like I know everyone's like don't judge a book by the cover that old adage or whatever but 68 percent of people do you do I'm one of the 68 percent like it's not like I will refuse to read a book if I don't like the cover but like if I'm just like browsing like walking through the bookstore like that's you know what I mean that's what's gonna make me stop and pick something up and look at it so um yeah super important no I I totally agree I actually saw your book um at Barnes and Noble near me the other day 
um, which was really cool. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't remember. We had something happen. I think my wife had like emergency. So I was like trying to get a picture and send it to you on Twitter on the way out. But uh, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, so if we go back today and it's there, uh, hopefully it's not, no offense, you know, we want it sold, but right. someone tagged it maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's there, we'll take a selfie with it and send it to you. Uh, oh, I love it. Really cool, but it, it definitely, you know, it definitely popped out, um, you know, on the shelf and yeah, it looked really, really good, uh, among the fantasy section. So yeah, we were really happy to, to see it there, but like I said, I, I, I don't see it today. <laughs> right. It. Yeah. 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 Anytime yeah. someone sends me like a picture of my book out in the wild, like yeah. I don't know if I'll ever get sick of it, but I'm definitely not yet. Like <laughs> that's, fair. that's fair. I get like a little, I have a happy jig anytime someone's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. your book at, you know, wherever I'm like, you did, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really can't wait for that. Cause like, um, Oh, DM Murray like has that a lot. Like people, because I have friends with him on Facebook, and people like always tag him. And I like I just get so jealous of him because I'm just like, man, you have a lot of books out there, man. <laughs> you know? like, just like so many people. I'm just like, wow. Like, and it's just it's always and I never really thought of it before. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. So yeah, I've been trying to um we've been trying to, you know, to do that more. Um, I feel like every time we go out, like this is, I'm excited tonight. Cause like when we go to Barnes and Noble and this other bookstore, like I actually have time to browse and you know, we're not like lately we've been in such a hurry. You know, oh yeah. You're just in and out and barely even yeah. looking at everything yep. else. You're like laser focused. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I had just enough time when we were at my mother-in-law's to grab a book from one of the independent bookstores. Um, and it was actually, um, oh, oh my gosh. Uh, the Blackhawks. Um, I'm totally blanking on David's last name. Um, but yeah, so I was like, I had just enough time before dinner to, to grab his book, uh, and pop out. And I don't even know like what else is there. <laughs> yeah. But it was cool for a while. Cause there were a lot of people, like I would expect to see yours there, uh, really soon because they have just a, like blown up with indie, um, which is cool for me. Cause I'm like, I know all these people. <laughs> like, right. I Isn't know. that fun? Yeah, like that's, cool. I, my husband gets really annoyed with me when we go to the bookstore now because like literally I'm like, oh, that's my friend. That's my friend. And like half the time when I say friend, I actually mean like we're mutuals on Twitter, but like it counts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, we're okay it totally counts. Your coworkers. Your coworkers. It's, yeah. See, it's my colleague and yeah, yeah. my other job. Yeah. I said it. I did a book talk and then um, with like saying, oh, I know that person on Twitter, that person. And my friend sent me the gif of um, Thor being like, it's a friend. He's a friend from work. A friend from work. Yeah. Um, and I thought, it's so true. <laughs> it is, though. That's, like, exactly how it is. And I'm very annoying at the bookstore now, though. It's like, <laughs> I've yeah, always been friends. annoying at the bookstore. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I've always it been is. annoying to bookshop with. Unless you were equally ready to spend three hours in the bookstore, then we're perfect bookshopping companions. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm right there. My wife's, like, she spent one time, like, um, three hours at Michael Kors, and it was, like, one of the little ones. Um, and then I was oh, like, no. yeah, like, we went and then we went, oh my gosh, we went to this one Barnes and Noble. Um, I'm totally like, why can I wear it? What? Oh, it was at Rutgers university. And if you ever have a chance, like go in, it's like three stories and the, they have the Rutgers like university store there. Um, so you get, and they have like a mate, like an amazing, like creative writing, like program there. Oh, um, so you get to see all the teachers and some friend recommended me on Twitter. He goes, go down to the basement. You get to see all the creative writing teachers, like um, recommendations for graphic novels and books and everything. And it was really cool. Like one of the teachers was teaching like Mistborn. Um, yeah, there were just like, there were just so many. And That's I just so picked cool. up, yeah, I picked up some cool historical fiction books there. Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. But yeah, we were like there for, 
probably even know, like almost two hours. I mean, there was well, just three floors. That's and so many. And they had so many cool like Rutgers things. So it's like a Rutgers, like Barnes and Noble, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was super, super cool. <laughs> so that sounds like I could get lost in that store too. <laughs> oh, we literally could have spent like all day there and they had like a cool cafe and it, it wasn't like your typical Barnes and Noble. Even like the young adult section was like bigger than, you know, than most places. Um, so yeah, it was, it was super, super cool. So anybody listening, I highly recommend it. If you go to Rutgers, just go. Right. To Check out that Rutgers bookstore. Yeah. You heard right it here first. On campus too. So you can actually walk right into campus. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I've never been to Rutgers before, but I've heard, you know, heard it's a nice campus. Yeah. 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 It's super cool. Um, so speaking of books, I, I mentioned one, but, uh, who are some authors or writers or different books that you would suggest for our audience? Like I said, I'm putting together that list the next couple of weeks. So we've had just random ones that have been great recommendations and people thought them out. I'm just curious at, you know, what your opinion on it is on that. So I have a bunch because, so oh. you sent me this question beforehand. So what, I came what? ready. Perfect. Because you know what happens? This is what I had to prepare. And I'm so glad that you sent me this question before, because usually it's kind of like, uh, the old joke of like when someone asks where you want to go for dinner and as soon as they ask every restaurant you've ever been to leaves your brain and you have no idea yeah, yeah, yeah. same thing happens to me when people are like what are your favorite books and I'm like what's the book like I forget yeah. every book I've ever read in that moment yeah yeah I wrote some down That's perfect. <laughs> um all of these are very recent recommendations so none of these are like perennial favorites but these are ones that are newer that I've or at least that I've read within the last like year oh perfect um, that I really liked. Um, so first of all is a uh, hall of smoke by HM long. Um, it's, it's a really like epic, I have comped it to Skyrim on my TikTok oh, channel. Cool. So yeah, it's kind of, um, like Norse inspired fantasy world. Your main character is a warrior priestess who has a power where she can shatter bones with a scream. Uh, and yeah. And she's like on an adventure and there's like, it's an interesting fantasy world where there's gods that are in the world walking around with the people. So she interacts with a bunch of the gods. So it's like very mythological in that way. Um, so yeah, I really liked that one. Uh, another one that just came out this year that I really liked, uh, sticking with the mythology trend. Um, is The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornachek. Um, People have compared it to um, like Circe by Madeline Miller. Oh. Um, it's, I mean, it is similar in the sense that it's, um, it is based on a, on a, a myth. This one's based on a Norse myth. Um, so it follows the story of Angraboda, which is Loki's giantess wife. Mm. Um, so yeah, you get to see Loki in the book, but the story is from Angraboda's perspective. And it like basically goes through the events leading up to Ragnarok. Oh, that's cool. From her perspective. Yeah. So that one was really good. Um, another one that I've read this year, it's called The Effort. Um, it's by Claire Holroyd. Um, I read this book in like literally two sittings. Oh, wow. And I know we have talked about like how hard it is to get through books sometimes right now, not because they're not good, just because we're busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't stop reading this book. I couldn't put it down. It's, um, there's an asteroid that's coming toward Earth. Uh, it's set in like realistic near future, but it's sci-fi. Um, and like, it goes through a bunch of different perspectives you get. I think there's like maybe nine POVs probably throughout the whole thing. Um, I'm, I'm just guessing it might be more, it might be less, um, where you're seeing people that are in different parts of the world dealing with the fact that the world is about to end. 
um, than it was like reading it during a pandemic, which like, yeah. obviously the world's not ending, but like, it, cause I, I read it like earlier this year, cause it came out in January. <laughs> it was like a moment. Like I had <laughs> feelings. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like one of those books, like you finish reading it and you close it. You just kind of stare at the wall for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking for a book to hit you in the feels, um, that was definitely a good one. Um, another one that I've read recently that actually the sequel is out now too, and is also amazing. Uh, the first book though, is called the last watch. Um, it's by J.S. Dewis. It's, um, I comp this one to mass effect. Uh, I've seen people comp it to the expanse though, too. Um, where it's basically the premise is the reject soldiers in this, you know, sci-fi world are sent to guard the edge of the universe against alien attacks coming from neighboring universes, but there's no one coming. So they're basically just sent to the edge of the world to rot, uh, and things happen (laughs) that make it hazardous to be out there. That's all I'll say. Uh, it's very good. It's really good. It's fun. It's like written in like kind of a snarky, like the main character is like a very snarky kind of guy. Uh, and I really like him. Um, he's like um Nathan Fillion's character in Firefly a little bit like. yeah a little bit a little bit so yeah and then you have like your kind of upstanding commander character it's it's very good um I I enjoyed that one too um I have just a few more I'm so sorry I no, no 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 I, I I actually um that one's been on my list for quite a while um and I totally the other day a couple weeks ago someone else had mentioned uh the hall of smoke so I was trying to remember where I had seen it so I must have seen it um, on your Twitter or something at some point. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. Cause Hall of Smoke has a sequel coming out. Um, and I actually, uh, you know, I blurbed, I blurbed the sequel. Um, oh, I guess read an arc of it and it's, it's honestly, I think it's debatably better than the first book. Like it's very good, oh, wow. um, as well. So yeah, a plus <laughs> comes out in January. Um, so the next one that I'll talk about is it's called son of the storm. Um, it's by C. Davies Okungbawa. Yeah, it's it's very good. I bought good. it. I haven't read it yet. You should read it. It's so good. It's like, um, it's some of the most like rich, but rich fantasy world building uh, that is completely different from any rich fantasy world building I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? It's just a totally different, it's not set in like a, you know, standard Western yeah. uh, medieval setting. Um, yeah, it was very good. Um, there is another book coming. Maybe it's out. I don't know. I'm having trouble keeping track of, of these, but that one was really good. Um, I will reread that one for sure. It's like one of those ones that I read it. I enjoyed it. But I think if I, when I reread it, I'll like get more of an oomph even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another one that just came out. Actually, my book birthday twin came out on uh, September 7th, the same day as my book. Oh, um, it's called No Gods, No Monsters by Cadwell Turnbull. Um, I also read this one in like two days. It's, um, basically monsters. So like werewolves and stuff are real. And in, in now in New York city is where it's set, or some of it's set in New York city. It's set in a bunch of different places, but, uh, and people are starting to discover that monsters are real and coming to terms with it in the real world. Oh, that's cool. And there's like a bunch of different perspectives, um, very diverse perspectives, lots of representation as well. Um, but it just like, it's another one where like when I finished it, closed it, stare at the wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was very, uh, it's, it's a little, I 
won't say it's like super literary. So like, if that scares you off, don't let it scare you off anyone that's listening. Um, but it was definitely more like, it's beautiful. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, yeah. really beautiful the way it's written. So oh, that's cool. I liked that one a lot too. Um, the, oh yeah, this last one is the, I think this one came out this year too. All these other ones came out this year. Uh, the black tongue thief, is that this year or did that come out last year? I think it might've come out this year. Um, by Christopher Buhlman. Yeah, I don't remember it's now. So it feels fun. like it feels like last year was like four years. So time isn't real anymore. I say this all the time, where it's like, oh, that happened two months ago, and I'm like, oh, I thought it was last year. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like everything is. Fake no, now. I totally agree with that. Like it's nuts. Um, but yeah, so thief. If you like morally great characters, if you like snarky, tongue-in-cheek commentary from your narrators uh it's amazing <laughs> it's it's I like literally was laughing out loud at part you know what I mean it's like one of those books that actually like made me chuckle out loud while I'm that reading cool. which like is rare um basically I'm gonna completely water it down but the the main character is uh um he was in the thieves guild and essentially like he has student loan debt to the thieves guild and now is like on this rollicking adventure to try to like get out of his debt and he meets a bunch of people and like there's goblins he has um, a cat sidekick if that's not enough to win you over i don't know what it is Uh, (laughs) but yeah that one i I really enjoyed that one that was good um and then the last two that i'll talk about did not come out this year but i read them because i'm behind um one is a sci-fi it's called the light brigade by Cameron Hurley. Uh, I always say this is the book that broke my brain. Um, <laughs> in a good way, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like the concept is that like humanity has learned how to teleport basically, but it like comes at a cost uh, and the main character finds himself, themselves teleporting through time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're experiencing the story out of order. Oh, that's cool. And so every time they teleport, they teleport to a different point in the story. And as the reader, you don't know where, and they don't know where they are. They don't know what's going on. Members of their crew that were dead are alive again, or people that have been around have now been apparently dead for five years or whatever. And they just saw them two minutes ago. You know what I mean? No, it, it broke my brain, but it was so good. It was so good. Um, and then the last one, I won't even have to explain it because everyone else on earth has read it. I am just a million years late. I finally read Way of Kings uh, by Sanderson and it's so good. It's so good. I know it's it's a real fat book, you guys. I know it's chonky if you've been putting it off because you're scared of it. Just <laughs> do it on audiobook. That's how I read the first one. I'm reading um, the rest of the series like in the book book form. Uh, but I did read the first one on audiobook because it's, it's real chonky. She's thick. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but it's good. And the audiobook's great too. The, the narrators are, uh, the same ones that did the wheel of time, uh, series oh, cool. on audiobooks. I, they're great. Yeah. They're awesome. But anyways, that's it. I'll stop rambling about all the books I love now. <laughs> I, I, I have not, yeah, I haven't really heard. I mean, I've heard people talk about the light brigade, but it hasn't been like, I like when people like, you know, like someone like you shares it on Twitter. Cause I'm like, okay, I can look it up or save it or whatever. That one, like people kept talking about it um you can definitely tell like where most of my friends are in the community most of them are in the fantasy um so I think that's mostly why I've been trying to you know to get more sci-fi books um just because I I have it the last few years 
Um, but that one was, that was talked about a lot on quite a few podcasts I listened to. But okay. Yeah. Then, and you know, I haven't had time to, I get to work, you know, after yeah. school is different, but going into Then you didn't write it down cause you were driving and then yep. it's gone forever. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. I'm really glad you mentioned that one. So, <laughs> and I keep forgetting about the black tone thief. I'm going to have to check that. Like I said, I'm doing like, I'm sure my wife's going to be like, like what, like, what are you doing? Like reading all these like thieves books. But, right. You're like, no. Yeah, that's right. You are reading a lot of thieves, thieves and heisty books. So yeah, Black Tiger, really add to. that to your thieves and heisty book list. It's yeah, very yeah. Good. I the like, main character like, oh. is very yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely gonna have to go on my list. All right. Well, those are some excellent suggestions. I'm really I think the one I'm most interested in is like the Light Brigade, Hall of Smoke personally, and then the last watch and the Son of the Storm. Um, that one, like I said, I, I bought probably like I think the last time I went to my mother-in-law's. Um, it was right before I got David's book, uh, The Blackhawks. I was just like, oh, this book, it just sounds so awesome. And um, quite a few people had recommended it. And I, I'm just so like, I actually, fun fact for everybody, I had, originally I was like, okay, I'll just do like a Mediterranean setting for my, my novel. And then I was like, oh, I'm just so over like the European thing. Um, so then I like have been changing everything over to a more uh, a Middle Eastern and I moved it the whole entire country over actually in my world um, yeah. for my players and stuff. And it actually has ended up so much better. <laughs> um, and a lot of things that I was doing for a historical fiction book, I put into this one. So yeah. I love a, that. I love that. Just definitely kind of looking forward to reading that see? one. Uh, yeah. The story will tell you what it needs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it told me it needed to move out, you know, Right. You could have told me that a draft ago. That would have been great. But you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, uh, you, yeah, you couldn't have done that a little sooner. <laughs> nope. The story t- does things on its own time. <laughs> My friend says, like, the Mississippi, it meanders. So <laughs> I love it. It's so true, though. It really is, though. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have any products, promotions? Uh, what, you know, what uh, projects, anything new that you're working on? Yeah. So, projects that I'm working on, I'm well, I'm working on my nano book. That's a hot steaming pile of garbage, but it's fun. Uh, <laughs> don't worry if I ever get published, it will be pretty by then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a couple other projects. I have, um, you know, some a fancy adventure trilogy that I'm working on. Okay. I'm kicking around some other ideas that are set in the Among Thieves world, um, oh, just cool. because I spent so much time building that world yeah. and a lot of readers have been responding to it. And so I'm hoping if there's enough interest um, you know, I can tell some more stories in that world because it's so fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that world too. Um, but yeah, the only thing that I presently have to promote is my firstborn book baby, uh, Among Thieves. So it's out now. Uh, MJKuhn.com, K-U-H-N for Kuhn, uh, has all the links. So if you're interested, if you like morally great characters and thieves and heisty things, and you don't mind a healthy dose of uh, curse words in your fantasy novels, then uh, <laughs> come check it out. <laughs> We're going to re- have to send this back to you as that's going to be like your next blurb for it. Right. <laughs> right. I, I feel like I should warn people about the curse words though, because like my characters are thieves and they're rogues and they swear a lot. Uh, and yeah. I feel like it's organic, but if you are offended by swearing, you will not enjoy this book because it's, it's in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like somebody said for, um, like somebody had read Beyond Redemption. Um, I'm totally just too tired this week, but, uh, Mike's second book set in that world and then they were like, in a review, they're like, oh, I, I love the first two, but I couldn't stand the swearing in this third one. And he, we were like, 
you read the first two and you right. got <laughs> they just started noticing it and we're yeah, suddenly yeah. very upset yeah <laughs> i think rob's it was like in never die or something somebody had a review where it was like couldn't uh, it was pretty good up until the constant swearing <laughs> it's just like i i don't read my reviews but i bet you there's probably some that are like that for mine and yeah. if that's true you know what they have a point there's a lot of swearing yeah uh, i find it fun uh, yeah. if, if you don't find it fun, maybe you won't want, want to read it. <laughs> or just pretend like you're in that world and that's like a, like a normal. Yeah. Well, like they're, you know, they're thieves that are on a deadly mission with their lives on the line. Are they going to say like, golly, gee. like, yeah. no, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> personal opinion. Yeah. yeah, That's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to send that back to you as a quote for your blurb. So. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so again, guys, we really want to thank you for coming on again. This is uh, part two of Mallory Coon's interview. Um, you'll be able to find both of these. Um, I'm so thankful for Dave, my best friend and my tech guy. Um, he was able to help me figure out the audio on Spotify and the RSS feed um, as well. Uh, you can find this uh, both episodes on YouTube. Uh, so just make sure you guys are checking us out. Give us a like, a share, a follow. Uh, I really don't care about myself, but people like Mallory, you know, really deserve you know, just more book sales. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah. So that's the whole reason why we're doing the podcast. Um, make sure you also, if you feel like you, you know, you want to um, share something like maybe you really read Among Thieves and you're like, oh my gosh, I really want to like tell Mary how much I loved it. Or you have a comment or a question, please feel free to email me at scholars of Uma. That's U-M-A at gmail.com. Uh, I talk to these people just about every day. So I will be sure to pass those comments and questions along. Um, please make sure you guys are checking out our other podcasts. Um, that way we can get everybody, you know, um, up there in sales. Hopefully everybody becomes a number one, you know, New York times bestseller because of this podcast. That would make me feel so good. Uh, if you guys have any questions for future guests or, you know, like, Oh my gosh, we just, we need Mallory back so bad. Um, so we'll make sure we put those people, um, at the start of our list for, um, the second half of season one. Uh, if you guys have any pictures or videos that are fantasy or sci-fi related, just send them to me. Mallory, thank you so much for coming. Uh, again, it was a pleasure. Can't wait to have you back in the future and talk some more about your book recommendations or, you know, just writing tips in general. So thank you so Love much. Love it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on and having me back for part two because, oh, you anyway. know, we, we got carried away in part one, but it's always a good thing. <laughs> it was so good. Though. I was going back and listening the other day. I was like, oh, there were so many good things. And I, I had you, Scott Odin and Michael R. Fletcher all on the same day. And it was just like, Bam, 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 bam. It's just and a day of <laughs> it was awesome. My wife was, I was just like flying high, you know, by, by two o'clock. She was like, Man, that sounded really good. I was like, I know. I was like, everybody had really good stuff to say. So <laughs> she was like, I think you know, your other two ran over. I was like, I almost had heaven back for episode two. I was like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> It'll be fine. We'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I hope you have a good rest of the day. And as always, my friend, I will see you on Twitter. And you know, good luck the rest of this month. I really hope you meet your goal for you know for November for NanoRemo. So yes, thank you so much. Me too. I will see you on Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah, all the time. I'll talk to you later. Have a good rest of the day, Mallory. All right, you too. Bye.